Hey, thanks for listening. We're uh, continuing the thought of yesterday with the back to the basics. Yesterday we talked about addition, being added to the body of Christ and adding our will to His. I don't want to get anybody the idea that I think that, you know, God needs our input. That's not what I mean when I say adding to. When you add two things together, you come up with a new sum. And I think that's the, the picture there is, for me, my will is added to His will. And it becomes His will for my life, His perfect will for my life. You, you, you can pick apart any analogy if you want to. Um, certainly not trying to write new theology. I just want to, uh, again, stick to the basics, really, and share with you what God did in our hearts throughout uh, church camp at uh, Camp Minnetonka, and, uh, or Minnetonka Camp, I should say, and um, just what He's doing in, in my life and the life of others. Talked a lot about collaboration yesterday. But it takes that to advance the kingdom. It takes a group of people. You know, there's a lot of broad swinging swords out there, and I, I don't want to be one of them. Um, I really don't. You know, but I would say that, you know, God called us to look at those who call themselves believers and that by their fruits you shall know them I don't think that means every word they say and every action they do so I think we can if we're not careful become make our life purpose be fruit inspectors I've I've even used that before God didn't call us to judge anyone but he did call us to be fruit inspectors Uh, and, and I think there's some truth to that to an extent I think we can Easily stranded in that and swallow the whole camel, as Jesus said, and miss the point that, you know, Paul commended the Roman church to really challenge them. Who, who do you judge another man's servant? Jesus in Mark 9 said, they're not against us, they're for us. You know, in, in Matthew, the same thought of, if there's fruit, it's for the kingdom. Um, so, yeah, we're going to disagree with brothers and, and sisters in Christ. But don't let it derail us. Uh, that's what this collaboration thought. I'm talking I'm not talking about being ecumenical and just everybody come in together and let's sing kumbaya. No, we need to stand for truth and stand on truth. We need to make sure we're not protecting our truth more than we are the truth of the word of God. Um, and I think that goes hand in hand with what we're talking about today about subtraction. You know, subtraction is uh, it's it's another core mathematical theme and we just use it as a picture of of the fundamentals so it were for a believer subtraction plays a part we see it play a part in the book of acts because we see people subtract their wants and their wishes and their way for the kingdom uh, man I heard a great quote this week uh, last week by DJ Harris one of the guys who's uh, he shared once or twice on here on this on our, our Hair Today Gone Tomorrow. And he simply said this. He said, if your plans don't include God, your plans aren't of God. And, man, what a truth. Um, I can really get in the way of what God's wanting to do in my life simply by my planning and it being my planning and not His. Um, 
And so, when we look at subtraction, excuse me, we look at, you know, God has called us to a new life. You know, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, if anybody be in Christ, he's a new creature. Behold, all things, old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And that thought of becoming new, you know, the, the analogy we used at camp to, to help kind of relate this to the kids is when you when you move to a new country, if you move to a new country, there's a couple of things you, you really need to be aware of. First of all, you need to be aware of that country's worldview if it's different from the country you came from. The differences in worldview is important. Um, it's really important on how you how you work in that country, how you how you minister in that country, the context of how you do it. Um, secondly, it's important to, to think about the practices of that country. Uh, what is this country about versus the country that you came from? What are some things they do uh, distinctly? Not just their ideology, but what are some things that they do? that the old country you were in did not. And then lastly, um, oftentimes you move to a new country, you, you get new language. You need new language. And in Ephesians 4, 17 through 24, Paul challenges the, the believers in Ephesus to not live as the, as the Gentiles, to not, to not live like they're of this world. I love this quote. And... <laughs> This is from my brother-in-law, Steve Morrow, but uh, I love this Beth Moore quote. And uh, if you don't like Beth Moore, you know what? You'll get to talk to her in heaven. Uh, hopefully she won't bring all her converts because it will probably shadow, well overshadow mine and yours. Um, but Beth Moore said, we are citizens of a land we have never lived in. And we are sojourners in a country that is not our home. Man, if we've been, if, if like we talked about yesterday, about adding, being added to the body of Christ, if we stand in assurance of our salvation, that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, this world is not my home. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a citizen of a new country. And that's what Paul is saying in Ephesians chapter 4 to the believers there is, you're, you're, not of this, you're not of this world. Don't act like it. This isn't how you've learned Christ. This is not what you've learned about Christ. Don't live like you're still don't know who Christ is and you know that that picture of a different world kind of helps paint a better picture that then the practices of my former world so to speak and the practices of the new world of which I am a citizen they're different their worldview is different oh my goodness it's so different you know you think about Joseph Truslow who formed formulated the uh, the phrase or coined the phrase the American dream and the ideology behind that is to make the most of who I am while I'm on this earth. And that my success could make me known. That is entirely backwards for what God asks of me. To make Him known. And John the Baptist said in John 3 that I must increase and He must, he must increase and I must decrease. The worldview drastically changes. What about the practices? Man, before Christ, everything's about me. If we look at our sin nature, that's the biggest problem is all the focus is turned inward. What do I want to do? What do I get out of this life? How can I find pleasure? How can I find entertainment? What do I want to be? But as a citizen of the new world, 
of heaven, of God's kingdom. It's not about me. I understand for the first time that this life is not about me. I love Francis Chan's analogy there that he like, if you were an extra in a movie and the, the camera in the, the sequence of the movie, the camera panned past your head and just the back of your head for a mere second or two is all that was seen of you. But you were in this movie, so you're so excited and you sell out this theater and you buy all these tickets and you invite all your friends and family and you pack this movie theater to come watch this movie about you. How foolish are you going to feel or how sorry will your family and friends feel for you when they realize that you think this movie's about you? Guys, that is us. That is me. This life is not about me. Yes, I am a sojourner in this land. I am to live and do business until my king comes and gets me. I'm to be in the world, but not of it. Occupy till I come, he told us. To make transactions, to be about the business of the kingdom. Yes, I'm not just supposed to sit and wait, but this is not my home, and this life is not about me. I'm just a steward of my God, and the, the things that I have, He's given me for His good pleasure. The things that I, I've earned, He's given me so that I can give, and the things that He wants me to have, I only have because He wants me to. The practices are different. And the last, my language, oh my goodness, my language. Not just the eye monster. You ever talk to an eye monster or a me monster? Everything's me, 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 I, I, I. Again, it closely shadows the point we just talked about our practices. But it also says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of our mouth. Solomon has a lot to say about our words. James has a lot to say about our words. Not just profanity. complaining for us to do all things without murmuring and disputing I'm a, I firmly believe what Priscilla Shire says that we give our enemy the majority of his artillery against us when we complain because he knows the sore spots that we don't trust God in when we complain he knows the areas to attack because we don't trust God in it or we wouldn't be complaining how about gossip or flattery? Gossip where we say things behind people's back we wouldn't say to their face. Or flattery where we say things to people's face that we'd never say behind their back. My communications to be different. I they do a whole podcast on anger for me. My communications to be different. My language. The way that I communicate, the, my practices, the things that I do, the world view, the way that I see this life, I've changed. And so when we get to subtraction, what has to be subtracted is me. What has to be subtracted is me. I have to change. I have to decrease so that he can increase. Chris Fobbs, a pastor friend that, that spoke at camp this week. He gave an awesome illustration. 
talked about when you're really thirsty and you go to Sonic and you get a you know, Route 44 I'm going to say Dr. Pepper because that's what all God's children drink amen and you drink it real fast or you drink it you just drink it because you're really thirsty you drink it and it's gone I mean it's like gone that's one of the first things we say oh man there's too much ice in this There's not too much ice in it. You wanted it cold, didn't you? It's a normal amount of ice. It's just... Again, with the complaining. Man, if you picture that cup like our life. When God fills us up and it doesn't satisfy us, our first reaction is to blame God, but reality is... In my life, for sure, I can testify to this, the truth of this analogy. There's just too much of me in there. It's not that God isn't filling me up to a point that's satisfying me. It's that I'm filling up too much of me and not ex able to experience enough God. The Bible says that He wants us to run over. My, David said, my cup runneth over. God wants to pour into us fill us and overflow us could it be that we just got too much ice the challenge yesterday was what's in your way of doing what God wants you to do the challenge today is what needs to come out what needs to come out what needs to change is it your worldview to align with the kingdom of God believer is it your practices are you, are you a born-again believer, but your practices hadn't changed much? Maybe it's your language. Again, our, our passage is Ephesians 4, 17-24. Give it a read. What needs to come out? What needs to be subtracted? How do I need to decrease so that He can increase? God, I love you, Father. Thank you for these thoughts. Thank you for... Uh, the truth of your word. God, help me to continually decrease so that you can increase. In Jesus' name I pray.